0: we can think of the conscious mind as the goal setter it's the part of you that wants to set the direction of to where you want to go whereas the unconscious mind is the goal getter it is the part of you that actually moves your behavior welcome to the zen stoic path where we share a modern take on timeless wisdom to help you develop unshakable inner peace so that you can live a liberated life i'm your host victor Pirantoni, and the co-founder and head liberation coach Be sure to follow me on social at victor.liberatedlife for daily content let's get into the show so we spoke on a recent episode about the idea of language and how language does not just describe our reality but it actively shapes the reality that we live in it shapes our world and how we see everything everyone and ourselves so the use of language is the use of filters for our direct experience The words themselves are not the experience, but they are what we use to symbolize and point to our everyday experience. Now, language is a really important piece, and it merits doing this part two episode around watching your language. And this episode is all about metaphors. Now, metaphors are a really key piece to our language because they allow us to create a language of experience, not just a language of literalism where we're just describing what literally is happening. The reason why being able to speak the language of experience is so important is because as human beings, we are emotional creatures and our emotions typically have a much bigger implication or a bigger impact on our imagination than just the literal reality of what is happening. So we use metaphors to transcend what we're experiencing into a easier to describe manner of actually sharing what our experience is, whether we're saying it to ourselves or we're saying it to others. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because I was recently reading this book called The Patterning Instinct, which is a fascinating book by Jeremy Lent, which is a book on cognitive history. So in other words, how ideas have moved through history to shape our culture. And he talks about metaphors and these core metaphors that we use. The reason being is because the metaphors shape reality, right? So metaphors in the way that he describes them are not just a poetic conceit, but metaphors literally transform from an embodied experience to an abstract idea. What that means is that we have an everyday experience in our lives. Then we use language, we use metaphors specifically, to transform that direct experience into an abstract idea. So in other words, we rarely ever speak about the reality as it is through literalism. What you might notice is if you just eliminate the metaphors from your language when you're talking about areas that are not going the way that you want or areas that, for instance, are troubling you. If you just speak about them as they literally are and not inject any metaphors of any kind, what you'll notice is that all the stress and emotion that exists in that description suddenly falls away. We actually generate the stress that we generate or the emotional uprise within ourselves through metaphor. So, It is necessary for any kind of conceptual thought, which is the reason why we use it as human beings, as emotional creatures, as sentient beings who feel. Our feelings often magnify the actual experience of what we're having. What we feel about an experience is typically much more intense than the experience actually is. So it reminds me of the Zen idea of when you get hit with an arrow, there are two pains. There is the pain of getting hit with the arrow, the physical pain, and then there is the psychological pain of what you think about getting hit with the arrow. So that psychological pain is the pain that exists after the instance of when the initial pain was created. And that is created through our stories. And we use stories, we use metaphors to magnify the experience and create a visceral experience of what we're actually going through. So. Metaphors indicate underlying values that we hold implicitly, and they shape our culture in really profound ways. One thing that Jeremy Lent talks about is he quotes George Lankoff, where he says, how we think metaphorically matters. It can determine questions of war and peace and economic policy and legal decisions, as well as the mundane choices of everyday life. Because we reason in terms of metaphors, the metaphors we use determine a great deal about how we live our lives. So I'll give some examples here. To make it make a little bit more sense but in other words one thing that george lankoff would talk about is how metaphors describe a domain of experience in terms of another so what that means is that he talked about a couple of these domains right up and down near and far warm and cold so when we say something like i'm feeling up today or my mood is up or i'm on a high we're not describing a literal up or directional up or a high we're actually describing just a an perhaps a better mood than normal. Or another example that he uses that Jeremy Lent refers to as well is, she's grown distant from me. So what he's saying here is when you're in relationship, a person's not literally distant from you, but we say that because that is what we actually feel emotionally. Another example that he uses is, she gave me a warm smile. Now, smiles are not literally warm, but Again, this is how we describe our feelings emotionally. This is how we create visceral experience in our sentient reality. Now, relating to some of those examples previously, here are some metaphors that Jeremy Lent goes through when he's describing how metaphors are used in common speech. One example is, I gave you that idea. What that metaphor implies is that an idea is an object. Where an idea is not actually an object, it's a thought, it's a sentiment. Where the other example he uses is, my spirits rose, I fell into a depression. So what that metaphor indicates is happy is up, sad is down. If we use these metaphors, we actually create a visceral experience. Now, I bring this up because my girlfriend and I were actually discussing this topic and we both noticed that when we described areas that we were stressed out about in, we would use really intense language. We'd use metaphors that actually made us feel much worse about it. We'd be like, this situation is making me feel like I'm drowning which what that does in your imagination is it gives you this visceral sensation of drowning. Or I might say this area of my business is really kicking my ass. Nobody's literally kicking my ass and we are not drowning in a specific situation. But when we use language like that, we intensify the experience and we begin to shape our reality to mirror whatever that metaphor is. We're using our imagination to make things worse than they are. Now, when it comes to Stoicism and thinking like a Stoic, we want to speak things as they are, not worse than they are. We want to be able to see reality with a sense of equanimity. We don't want to create that abstraction and noise in our minds through the use of our imagination. So one thing that you can do with metaphors that's actually really interesting is you can use them in a very specific way. The way that I started using them is basically when I would have a shitty situation come up, I used to have this negative emotional reaction where I'd say something like, I feel like this is burying me. I feel like I'm falling apart. I feel like this is really breaking me down. This is kicking my ass. I would use these intense metaphors. And then sometimes when something good would happen, I'd use like very soft or very literal language. It'd be like, oh, I made progress today. I recorded an episode. I knocked off an item off my checklist. Even that's metaphorical. But the point is like I would use lighter language to describe my positive experiences, my pleasant experiences. And then I use really intense metaphors to describe my negative ones. So the tip that I could give here when it comes to this is this particular idea. We use metaphors so that we can make ideas stick. So if you use metaphors in the direction of negativity, unpleasantness, and disempowerment, you're going to magnify and make those ideas stick to your unconscious mind. The reason why we use them is so that we can bypass the critical faculty, in other words, like our sense of logic, so that we can actually adopt ideas. And Zen is typically taught in the form of metaphor. right? I've told stories on this podcast multiple times around these ideas, right? One of them is this Zen story where a monk is so committed to his enlightenment, he's like rushing from temple to temple to try to meet the best Zen master he could possibly find and he finally goes into one and he says, "Master, I have arrived. I want to learn from you." And the master says, "Okay, go ahead and eat your rice porridge. This is what we're having for dinner and then come talk to me." So the monk, he eats as fast as he can. He goes, "Master, I'm done. I'm done with my dinner. Please teach me." And he says, "I want to reach enlightenment." He goes, "Have you washed your bowl?" So that one, in and of itself, is a metaphor. And the metaphor is that in order to fully be present, we must wash away the past. We must follow through and finish what we're doing, not just jump from one thing to another. So the reason why we would use that metaphor, or the Zen master would use that metaphor, is because simply speaking it to him from a place of literalism is not going to make the idea stick. It's going to have it go in through one ear and out the other. Another Zen metaphor that's a really good one is this, College professor goes to study from this Zen master to help him with his stress and learn from him so that he doesn't have to be so wound up every day. And he sits there and the Zen master says, before we begin, we're going to have a cup of tea together. So the Zen master starts to pour the tea and as he's pouring the tea into the professor's cup, he keeps pouring and it begins to overflow. The professor freaks out and he's like, hey, the tea is overflowing. And then the master says to him, just like this cup, your mind is full. And until you empty it, I cannot teach you anything. So again, we use metaphors to make ideas stick. We use them to bypass the critical faculty That allows us to suspend disbelief and actually allow ideas into our lives that we will use to create change. So going back to how this works when you're using metaphors to describe a negative thing versus a positive thing in your life. Metaphors are very powerful. We can think of the conscious mind as the goal setter. It's the part of you that wants to set the direction of to where you want to go. Whereas the unconscious mind is the goal getter. It is the part of you that actually moves your behavior. All of our behavior is unconscious. We can switch it consciously. We can choose to change a direction, but what operates and what moves us day to day in in and out of our habits is our unconscious mind. And if we use language to penetrate that critical faculty into the unconscious mind, and we make these ideas stick that disempower us, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. I've had a few instances recently where I've had some very challenging experiences, and some of them were repeated over and over again. Same challenge kept coming to me. One thing that you can do to start is, number one, don't take the bait. Not taking the bait means you have a negative experience happen to you, the way that you describe it to yourself, is not through this big reaction, but rather to describe it literally how it is. This thing happened in this way. Not getting hyperbolic with your language, not getting into some fancy metaphor, but just describing it literally as it is. Whereas when positive things happen or things that you want to accelerate in your life, you want them to spread through your life, use metaphor, positive metaphor, in that direction then what you do is you transcend the experience into something even bigger than it is, and you allow that to grow and create more momentum. If you're going to use metaphor, use them in an empowering way. Do not use them against yourself. If something bad happens, just describe it to yourself literally exactly how it is. You didn't get destroyed (laughs) online for your comment that you made on that one video. Somebody just made a comment that disagreed with yours. You didn't get your ass kicked financially by the stock market this year. Some money was lost. Your heart is not broken. A relationship has just ended. You're not falling apart. Maybe you're grieving. Using language, using metaphors in a way that serves you is going to be the key to reshaping your life in the simplest way possible that you use each and every day, moment to moment. So the key takeaways of this episode are, number one, remember, words are used to describe our direct experience. Metaphor is the language of experience. Metaphor is how we use imagination to create visceral experiences through what we go through and experience in our everyday lives. If you're going to use metaphor, be sure to use it in an empowering way in service of yourself and others, not against yourself and others. So remember, if something negative happens... It's okay to feel your feelings, feel what the emotions are. But again, don't conceptualize the emotions into these big abstract metaphors. Simply say to yourself, I feel sad, I feel angry, I feel scared. This is what happened. Describe the literal thing that happened. Don't take the bait and create a whole new narrative through metaphor to trap yourself into that nightmare of a situation that you're describing. And conversely, when something positive happens... Use your metaphors to empower yourself, thinking to yourself like, I'm on fire, I'm flying, I'm on cloud nine. Those are metaphors that will help to elevate your state and help you to positively reinforce whatever it is that you're doing to actually create that experience in your life. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to be very mindful of the metaphors that you're using. Remember, speak very literally about what's negative in your life. And... Feel free to use empowering metaphors for what is actually working for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It is my mission to help as many people as possible to live a liberated life with unshakable inner peace through the content on this podcast. Subscribe to this channel with notifications on to be notified daily whenever we share a new episode.